App Guy Podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. The App Guy Podcast. Yes, a warm welcome to you. And it's Paul Kemp here from the App Guy podcast. And I wanted to wish a warm welcome to our guest today. Let me just set this up for you. Uh, most recently, I think it was episode 27, we had a great chat with uh, Jesse Meekham from youneedabudget.com. And uh, that was well received. And I thought, um, given the content now is all about money, saving money, that's what we love to do. Uh, I'm thrilled that we could have this next guest on uh, the App Guy podcast. So let me introduce him. He is uh, Chris Miles, and he is the founder of MoneyRipples.com. So I suggest you go and check out MoneyRipples.com. Have a look at that, and you'll see all about Chris. He's a speaker. He's a blogger. He's a company founder, a lot of different things. And so it's a very warm welcome this afternoon, uh, Chris. Uh, in fact, your morning uh, to the Upguide podcast. Welcome to you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yes, it's, it's a great morning. <laughs> Yeah, and um, perhaps it's a good idea to start off with uh, just sharing with the audience uh, who you are and um, a little bit about your business. You bet. So I started off as a financial advisor 12 years ago. Ironically enough, I didn't actually intend to go that direction. I was actually a sociology major, and I intended to become a business consultant. But as I was doing that, I thought, well, if I'm going to teach people or show people how to be, improve their businesses... I should have a business myself and have real life experience. And so I actually got into financial advising about 12 years ago, did that for four years, realized it doesn't work. It's a bunch of crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. And so, uh, so I left that. I actually did the opposite. And when I was 28 years old, I was actually able to retire off the, some business streams of income I had created, uh, even, even though I didn't have a ton of savings saved up or anything like that. And I started to realize pretty quickly that it's all about cash flow. And, and I've seen the ups and the downs. I've, I've, uh, you know, I've, I know it's like to uh, have lots of money. I know it's like to lose it all. Um, I know it's like to make it back. <laughs> you know, and, uh, right. I can definitely tell you it's much more fun to have more money than it is to not have it. And, uh, and, I, and definitely I've really enjoyed uh, the, the ride that's taken me. And, and, and that's really where my focus has been in business ever since uh, for the last, really about the last seven or eight years has really been focusing on helping people to really create more cash flow in their lives, both in their business, because I think that's the number one investment you should be putting money into, not to credit financial products. Um, and then secondly, you know, the, make sure that you always have that cash flow coming in, that there's more coming in than what's going out. And, uh, and since I've done that, especially in the last four years, when I really honed in on that, that training and that skill, uh, we've, we've saved my clients well over $40 million in the last four years. Uh, or on average, the average entrepreneur saved about you know $33,000 in their first year. And then a lot of that's ongoing cash flow too. So, uh, Well, Chris, I just have to congratulate you then to uh, helping out and giving back. $40 million is a huge uh, sum of money to, to save your clients. Not as much as it used to be. I mean, especially when pounds become stronger, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. 
Um, I was about to jump in and say um, you you had a background in financial advisor. Uh, I used to work in the city of London. I used to work in uh, asset management for an American firm. Oh yeah, and um, I I enjoyed that for about five years, and then it, uh, I decided after about ten to twelve years of doing that, it was really uh, lacking in meaning, yes. and um, gave it up to uh, pursue a, an entrepreneurial career. And uh, I earn a lot less money than I used to do in the city, but I am a uh, hundred times happier. And uh, I guess that's hopefully uh, reflective of people listening to this. Um, so I, I, I am incredibly jealous of the fact you retired at 28. Perhaps you could talk through how, how you managed to achieve that. <laughs> it was actually on accident, if you believe it or not. Right, okay. Uh, I, I, started, I started to learn, I had, a lot of, I had a, several friends who were millionaires, and I started to learn from them instead. And pretty much everything they taught was the exact opposite of what I was taught as a financial advisor. They weren't about saving for the long haul and, and diversifying, all this kind of stuff. They're all about, hey, how do we actually focus and hone our, our uh, you know, really our money into an area that we understand that we know really well and, and do really well so we make more money, whether it be in business, real estate, or whatever. And, uh, and also I noticed too that they weren't about the long haul. They're all about, hey, what do we do to create, create wealth right now? And, uh, and so I started thinking, well, what if I do the opposite? And one of those key principles they teach, and I think this is applicable to anybody in business, is that dollars follow the value you create for others. Dollars follow the value you create for other people. You know, what I realized is that I never get paid any money unless I'm providing something that's more valuable than what the money is to those people. And so if they can see that whatever I'm providing, whether it be a service or a product, is worth more than the money that they give me, they're willing to pay me day and night. And, uh, and so what I end up doing is I end up helping uh, several people, especially those that were, uh, you know, in, in whether they're in real estate or in entrepreneurs or whatever, I showed them how to, you know, basically just, hey, here's how we create real freedom. And a lot of times people would come to me saying, hey, do you still do financial stuff? I'd say, no, I totally gave that up. But hey, I know a guy who can do mortgages for you. Or I know a guy that can do life insurance stuff for you. Or, or this help you with this investment over here or there or whatever. And pretty soon I end up becoming more of the marketing guy um, and referring them to people that I really knew, like, and trusted. People I knew that would knew their stuff and would do a good job for people and, and serve them first. And as they did that, they were happy. They would refer me more people and I would refer them on. And I would always ask for a kickback, you know, like an affiliate type of uh, referral commission, right? And as I yeah. did that, the next thing I know, I'm like, wait a minute, I'm getting paid between, you know, $4,000 and $5,000 a month. And I'm not doing anything really. I mean, I'm working like a four-hour work week, like Tim Ferriss says, right? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. And pretty soon, you know, the next thing I know, like I'm having all this money coming in that's more than meeting my my needs for my family. And uh, and then all of a sudden, now I was I was stuck because now I'm 28 years old. Um, I could retire, and the only problem was that as I tried to do that, unfortunately, none of my friends were retired either. So it was a really perfect <laughs> life. And uh, trying to be a second mom in my house to, to at that time, I only had one kid. Really, well, two kids. I barely had my second of my five kids by that point. Um, it was just a boring life. And so that's where, like you said, it had to have more meaning and purpose. And, and that's actually what got me out of reti retirement about 2007, about a year later. And, uh, and I've been doing stuff like this ever since. Yeah, I was just thinking of uh, someone once said to me, and I thought it was great advice, that uh, a lot of people that I work with in uh, the city and stockbroking uh, said that, um, that their dream was to retire at the age of 40, and they would uh, save up enough, and then uh, they would retire early. But no one actually 
suggested that uh, they should retire for a year or two beforehand, see if they like it before they actually work towards this uh, goal that ends up being uh, something that's not quite the same as what they thought it was going to be like. Very true. And, and so I thought, yeah, I thought that was great. I actually thought the same thing. I, I, my whole goal as a financial advisor was to retire when I was 40, have about 2 or $3 million saved up and live off the interest. And uh, what shifted my world is I didn't have to have all that money saved up. The real key was how do I have income streams coming in that keep paying? And that's the beautiful thing about what you guys do, especially where you've got ways to create that that residual income that can keep coming in, especially if it cr- provides a lot of value for a lot of people. Yeah, I was just uh, going to pick up on that in terms of value, because if you look at the apps, uh, that are, I mean, there's a lot of apps obviously coming out every week, but uh, more most recently there's been a big influx of clones on Flappy Bird. So Flappy Bird being the viral game that's uh, taken the world by storm. Yeah. And uh, uh, there's hundreds now of uh, clones. And clearly what indie app developers are doing out there is they're looking at something that's already successful and then just trying to clone and, and jump in on the, the bandwagon. But it's only when things truly add value, such as the Mailbox app that came out to really help you manage your mail. And that ultimately was sold to Dropbox for $100 million. And that clearly obviously added a lot of value because it saved people time messing about with their email. And they could easily get down to a zero inbox, which is what we all dream of. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I just, you know, in relation to apps, I thought it was quite interesting that uh, apps also follow that same principle that the more value you add, the more your app is ultimately worth to others that may be buyers of that. Well, let, let me give you an example of that, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned you need a budget. Um, I just post on Facebook how I don't recommend it. Um, again, they're great guys. Um, they're actually here in Utah like I am. Um, but, uh, you know, the one the one niche that they're missing that if somebody can create as an app would be fantastic is if it could actually link up to your bank accounts. Um, that was the one thing I, I was really frustrated with with trying to use You Need a Budget because Mint.com, which is a free app, Mint.com I can go in and do all those things too. I can do everything that they do. Not as cool the budget work that they do though. I mean they do better stuff with budgets. It's easier step by step so it's it's more user friendly a little bit but uh, but not not enough to want to pay for it. <laughs> and the crazy thing yeah. is they still make good money for the app that they do, which is basically just a, a step above using Excel spreadsheet. But if so- Yeah, well, I mean, that's how uh, they got started, which was on an Excel spreadsheet. I and, remember. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I remember that yeah. people asked me. I said, well, I don't know. And they said, well, there's an app now. And, and I went to check it out. I said, it's still the same thing. I still have to go and download my, you know, like I have to go and pull up a bank statement, get the C- CSV file, download it and you know, or upload it, so to speak. And uh, make it work that way, and then have to go and categorize it all. I'd rather have a system like Mint where it does it all for me. Um, but if they, they can make it more user friendly and a lot, a uh, m- lot more like you need a budget where it's easier for the typical person to use. Um, there's a huge niche for that that I think people are screaming for right now. Um, I know my my clients are. <laughs> yeah, well, let's home in on that because we've got people listening who develop apps, and perhaps we could, uh, you know, give them. A, an idea for an app that they could start working on. So, so let's flesh this out. You know, what sort of app do you think could be the ultimate app for um, saving money, connecting with your bank account, and giving you a good insight into how your finances are going? Yeah, I think if if somebody combined the the best aspects of you need a budget and Mint.com as well, um, I think that would be the ideal app. Um, the reason being, see, you need a budget's on a good path. 
the the problem I see with it is that it's all has to be manually entered. And so I know because I'm all my business, like I, I focus just with entrepreneurs primarily, you know, because that's that's who I really service and help the most, right? Um, entrepreneurs really don't want to spend a lot of time manually entering every single expense or every little bit of money that comes in or goes out. They don't want to put in all the balances, all their checking accounts and savings accounts and loan balances, which you need a budget requires you to do. You have to constantly keep updating it yourself, which is a pain in the butt. <laughs> I hate it. I can't stand that. Um, that's why I still use Mint, which again, now Mint's free, where you need budgets, $60 one-time fee. Um, if, but if somebody could say, well, with Mint, where Mint, you can actually, you know, you can see all your financials in one place. You can see all your real-time loan balances, your checking and savings accounts. You can see all of that in one place, and you can even categorize it and even remember some of those categories. So it, when it that pops back up again, or it downloads the transaction, say you went to go shopping in a store and you've already been there a few times, it'll say, oh, well, that's groceries. Or wait, that's that's clothes, you know, that's clothes shopping for that store or whatever it might be. And it remembers it. It almost has a smart aspect to it where it, it actually knows what you're doing. And so if someone could create something where it's, it is simple, like you need a budget where um, a lot of people that were telling me yesterday when I was trashing it on Facebook, <laughs> um, right. they're saying that they're saying, well, I really like it because it allows me to budget for future stuff. So the people that are really highly organized like that aspect of it um, versus Mint. Um, but I'm like, well, I want something simple. I want something like simple and stupid that people can use. They can have it think for them almost, but they can still look and, and get real-time info and, and interpret what's going on in their money. And uh, somebody finds that right balance between Mint and you need a budget and create something like that where it's got the easy, the, the user-friendliness of you need a budget, but also the, um, the ability to download transactions and everything like Mint.com does. you got the perfect app right there. Yeah, I was just thinking of this whole problem. Um, if we try to take um, perhaps a, a similar example, and uh, bear with me, I'll, I'll get somewhere on this. So with social media, there's uh, we're all over the place. We're, we're trying to track our Facebook uh, stats, our uh, YouTube, our um, App Store downloads, our uh, Twitter followers. And, and so there's a wonderful um, service come out called Sum All, which provides us big data for um, all this uh, tracking. And it puts it into one uh, neat little uh, app, actually, which I use. So I, I'm guessing that it would be great if we could bring all those places where we have money and uh, savings and investments and uh, we need valuations and all these different things. If we could pull those into one app so that we could have just at our fingertips um, exactly where we are. I remember um, some, uh, someone said to me, I think a millionaire, I can't remember who now, but said, if you focus on your uh, net worth every day, it will increase. <laughs> and uh, often we don't know what our net worth is because um, it's all over the place. That's right, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I call that the law of attention. Whatever you put your attention towards expands and grows, but whatever you ignore will leave you. Well, luckily, my uh, tummy is expanding quite a lot, and obviously, I've been putting too much focus on that. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so personal finance, then, there must be a big, I think there's a big rise in this whole um, managing your personal finance in a more clever way. Is that something that's really happening in the US? It is. It really is. I mean, people are streaming for it, um, especially those that are entrepreneurs like ourselves. I mean, they really want, they essentially, they almost want something to do with all the work for them. <laughs> You know, yeah, but uh, but at least know what's going on. You know, I call it you know getting like your kind of like your flash you know flash CEO reports. 
you know, if you could know at least once a week, I tell people to go on at least once a week and, and uh, update the numbers a little bit, make sure everything's correct, see where you're at, see where you're at with your budget, see where you're at with, um, with towards your goals and all those kind of things, you know, really just seeing where you're at, your net worth, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, and just getting people in that habit. Um, and that's, that's one thing some people said, they said, sometimes some things do things for them so much, they get out of the habit of doing it. And obviously that shouldn't be the case, you know? So, uh, yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah. I remember working in, uh, the, the city of London and a lot of these different, uh, companies like, uh, the time, uh, this is back in like 1999, 2000. And uh, do a managed service for private clients. So have these fund of funds where you would uh, actually choose on behalf of the clients the investments that you would make. And um, yeah, that seemed to be you know, fairly popular. But I, I guess with technology now, we can take that to the minute level and, and, and bring it and broaden it. And, and almost like that is not just for the wealthy and rich anymore. It can be um, for, you know, the average person on the street to uh, to get access to someone who can or some technology that can actually manage their finances uh, better than they can. That's right. Absolutely. Um, so you're a finance guy. What do you think to um, Bitcoin and perhaps the move towards a virtual currency and the demand for a virtual currency? Do you have a view on that? A little bit. Um, you know, I really am not giving Bitcoin a whole lot of weight at all. Um, the one thing I've learned about economics, and this is this was a key that helped me in a lot of ways to retire, is that the value is not in money. It's in how people value it. You know, it's it's really the labor that's behind the money and whatnot. And if people, you know, if everybody started valuing it, that'd be great. But right now, it's it's become like another one of those fads that everybody are kind of getting behind. And and uh, you're seeing like the rise and fall of it on the stock market, which that to me is is crazy. And and it never really addresses the one big issue, which people keep saying, which is we don't want paper money. But the only problem is there's nothing backing up Bitcoin either. There's no real um, anything of value like gold to back up Bitcoin. And so the problem is that, yeah, you can use it to exchange as long as two people agree to it. But there's a lot of people that could care less. Like, I I, I don't care to use Bitcoin and don't know if I ever will. And I know there's a lot of people that way as well. Um, so I, I do, I'm really not putting a lot of weight into it. It's a good fad. And so if you can get rich off it quick, now's probably the time. But it's it's probably going to be a good time to get out soon because of it's it's becoming more of a more of a of a you know buzz talk lately and when things become buzz talk i usually run the other direction <laughs> yeah obviously a wise thing to do i mean you try coming over to uh, london and, and trying to spend uh, a scottish pound note and uh, it's a legal tender there's every establishment is supposed to take it but they can't care less there's no way there there's no way they're going to take a 20 pound scottish note <laughs> so, you might as well turn up with bitcoins in there and try and buy your beer that way that's right <laughs> So um, this is the App Guide podcast, and we love talking about apps. I wondered if um, you you carry a smartphone around with you, and uh, if you're an app user or not. I do. I'm I'm more of a recent app user. I've always been someone who loves my Mac, and so I've been using my Mac quite a bit. And and uh, it was just last year I got my my smartphone, um, which made me feel stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The learning curve is pretty high, isn't it, from going from a Mac to iOS? It is, but uh, but now I have it. It's 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 hard to imagine life without it, right? What, what what apps would you find hard to imagine life without using? Well, you know, I, I know Facebook has been has been great for me because uh, being able to just instantaneously have photos go right from my phone to Facebook um, has been fantastic and uh, has really helped me out a lot in just connecting with people better in that way. 
Um, you know, the other apps are the, the things that keep my kids entertained, which are like the game apps, right? Um, yeah. You know, I've got a variety of those. You know, I, I like to keep the more simple kind of clean games. I don't want to, you know, do anything that's too violent or anything like that. But um, Well, actually, a, a good one there is we had the uh, two of the founders on from a company called Toka Boca, uh-huh. and they're based in Sweden. And if you go and just search for Toka Boca, they're, they're the one, some of the best kid games out there. And... Uh, it was interesting because when they were uh, chatting to me, they, they said that initially, back in 2009, 2010, uh, they got a lot of backlash from consumers because uh, there was controversy about allowing kids access to iPhones and iPads. Right. And now, obviously, now ch- times have changed and attitudes have changed, and uh, you can see a lot of kids on these. But, uh, yeah, Toka Boca is, is good. Oh, yeah, and, I'm looking at it right now. That's awesome. Yeah, and also, if you're on Facebook, uh, another one that's great is uh, TimeHop. And uh, you can connect that to Facebook. And it's quite nice because um, it will um, frequently tell you what you were doing one year ago, two years ago, and three years ago. And even now I'm getting stuff coming through seven years ago. So <laughs> it's a nice little it's a nice little app to kind of warm your day. Oh, neat. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, how, how do you uh, use uh, social media then um do you uh, use it for business or, or is it uh, just purely personal use at this stage yes <laughs> i do both um, I, I don't think you can do business without having personal too um in fact I, I know i don't know it might be different in certain countries but i know here in the u.s people want authenticity they want real people they don't want someone who just shows up as like this massive guru who is a know-it-all and then just all he does is profess how awesome he is the whole time um, you know, so a lot of mine is, is, you know, I try to do about 35% business and about 65% personal. I try to do more if I can, but I, I know last week that definitely was not the case. It's more like a, over 50, 50 business, I think. But, um, you know, I try to, I try to mix it up because I want people to know that, you know, I'm not just a business owner. I'm also a family guy. I'm also a normal guy that, you know, has fears and doubts and concerns and also has, you know, dreams and goals and, and so I, I love using social media as a way to bring out who I am in a way that people can feel like they can know me, even if they don't really know me. So that's my goal, social media. Yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking in uh, a previous guest uh, we had on, Amber Ludwig, who is um, an owner of uh, No Guts, No Glory. It's a company that helps um, brand uh, personalities and there's a lot of uh, gurus and celebrities in the finance space of course oh yeah and i just wondered i wondered if you'd ever seen uh, you know you know how uh, you typically now get um, most celebrities or personalities have their own domain name um, i'm wondering if there's a demand for having an app that would be around a person and that app would then be able to deliver perhaps a financial tip every day and uh like, um, you know, some other ways of connecting with that individual. Do you think that there's demand for that type of thing? Yeah, there could be. You know, I, I never thought of that before. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if there's if there's a way to get people to at least, you know, hear from you and feel like they get to know you, I mean, that's that's the biggest thing. I mean, most, I mean, most of my business now has come through social media, um, ironically, which a year and a half ago, I almost avoided social media. <laughs> and so, right. I mean, I, I could definitely see how an app could be, could be that way as well, where someone just, you know, for example, Yahoo Finance, and this could be where I can see what this would work. Yahoo Finance, the reason I actually have that app, because it can get me to go on really quick and get off. I can just look at what, you know, look, look what the markets are doing, say that's cool, and get off a few seconds later. I don't have to worry about logging in online and then 
getting lost in all the articles and everything else, right? Um, so I can definitely see that with an app too, where there's something simple to say, hey, I just need my little, my little, you know, dose for the day, my little morning cup of Joe, so to speak, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just had another app idea, and I'm not sure if there's an app out there that does this, but uh, I'm a big fan of a current app called Air. Uh, sorry, uh, Lyft. The app's called Lyft, and uh, it enables you to form habits uh, by uh, setting goals, and uh, then uh, every day you would just check in to your goal, and eventually that forms a habit. So currently I'm setting it at 5 a.m. in the morning that I'll get up and I'll go for a quick walk or a run, and uh, it's, it's certainly helping me form a habit. And I was just wondering, that would perhaps be a really good idea for forming habits financially as well, forming uh, habits that make us good at, with money and uh, good with the you know the way we actually save money as well you know that's a great idea you ever heard of the, heard of the guy tony robbins yeah of course yeah, yeah. he's big yeah I mean, he's huge guy i mean big in more ways than one look at his hands <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> as uh, jack, yeah. jack black would say you know like uh, what, i can't remember what he called him like you know frankenstein hands or something like that but uh but uh, yeah i mean like uh, if you look at you know what i do each morning one thing i do is that Tony Robbins talks about is called an hour of power. And whether that's an hour or not, it could be more or less, but essentially it's, you know, doing three things in the morning, exercise, something mental that's building your education or helping you learn more. And then something more on the kind of spiritual side, like, you know, meditation, prayer, you know, reading scripture text or whatever it might be, um, journaling, things like that. Um, you know, that wouldn't be a bad app to have something to help you in the morning to accomplish that. Because many people say, all right, I get up and exercise, but what else? You know, what should I be doing? And uh, yeah, there might be something there too that can help with that. Yeah, we've, we've, had a, we've had a few guests on that um, are really into meditation. And in fact, uh, uh, one of the guests, we ended up doing a joint venture and created our, an app together. And it was a meditation app. So yeah, I, I do think that there's a combining the, perhaps the, the finance with uh, exercise, with uh, lifestyle and meditation. That could be uh, something that... There you go. I, we always come. We always get to an app idea on the App Guy podcast. That's why we love getting guests like yourself, uh, Chris, to to go through um, your business. So, so it's um, getting getting up to the half an hour point, and um, I just wondered if there is anything you feel that you could uh, give advice to people listening, and you know, something that you could leave leave behind that we could make use of. Yeah, I think to kind of expand upon what we had talked about earlier i think the real key and this is goes for anybody in business no matter what you're doing the real key is that it's not about the tool it's not even about the app it's really about how you're able to create and serve a need sometimes you create a need <laughs> you know by uh, creating something that people didn't know they wanted or needed but mo- for the most part it's listening to people i mean really understanding what people want and when you do that i mean when i've done that in my business that's when my business prospers when I just start doing whatever I feel like or what I think people want, but people really don't, well, then you're not going to make any money. And so the key to money is really serving people in a way that they're willing to exchange those dollars or those that, that currency for whatever in exchange they want to get because they'll value whatever you have more than that currency. And so if you want to have more of that currency, you want to have more money, then obviously that is the key is how do we go and, you know, and serve people in a way that they want to exchange that money to receive that value that you're offering. If you do that, I mean, if that's your whole focus is how do I create that win-win for people? How do I create a real win for them? It's really hard not to make money. 
Yeah, that's, I mean, that is really good advice. And actually, in respect with apps, it's quite challenging as well because uh, people are very used to uh, getting apps for free. I mean, you mentioned uh, Mint being a free app as well. Mm. And so app developers need to you know, get, get really clever with the way they monetize that. And uh, I guess, the, you know, through in-app purchases or uh, through engagement with their audience or through other means. But uh, in terms of uh, a value, you know, it's, it's really crazy. Like, for example, we had the founder of um, a new app called Square One Mail, and uh, his name was Branko Cerny. And he said they'd spent a year and a half developing this app and with a team, and they launched it uh, recently. And uh, immediately, you know, they, they get negative reviews because it doesn't do this or it doesn't do that. Right. And it's a free app. And, and, and so it's really hard to meet the needs of the app consumers, I think, nowadays, who are getting bigger and better things for uh, either 69 cents or free. I agree. Yeah, creating, creating those upsells along the way or even those affiliate type relationships where you can get compensated other ways are definitely yeah, great ideas when you're dealing with free apps. You know, the whole thing with free is it's the gateway to get people in, right? Yeah, that's true. That's um, exactly. It's the gateway drug that uh, gets you. Uh, gets you hooked. Uh, to, yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> well, it's been a real pleasure, Chris. Uh, how can people reach out and connect with you? If um, you know, how do we best uh, get in touch with you? Yeah, you know, if you if you're a Facebook user, by all means, follow me on, on Money Ripples. Um, also, check me out moneyripples.com. Sorry, I don't have an app yet, um, but <laughs> but you know, that's right. great stuff. I got like a free ebook online that you can download. So, lots of cool stuff for you. Yeah, and you know, if anyone's listening and uh, you know they want to create an app that's a finance app, then I'm sure that that's going to be worthwhile, and perhaps they can seek your advice on that as well. Absolutely. Chris, it's been wonderful. Thanks ever so much for um, joining us on the App Guy podcast. And uh, we really hope that we can get you back on. And uh, when I retire at the age of 87, uh, perhaps I can speak to you then. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Thanks, Chris. You bet. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. If you want to be a guest on the show or suggest someone, then please send an email to info at onemob.com. The App Guy Podcast.